What's going on, guys? Hope you all are doing well. Welcome back to the Run Free Podcast. This is episode number 16. Get ready for it. This took me a long time to come up with this title. How to Lean Out. How is that? <laughs> I'm just joking. I'm just messing with you guys. But uh, anyways, I'm, I'm really excited for this episode. It's going to be good. I'm going to get into it here shortly. Um, hope everyone's training's going well. I just got back. I had the great idea to go out into the forest despite the snowy conditions and snow on the road. And I uh, got my Jeep stuck in the road before I went on a run. Went for a run the whole time. I was brainstorming how I'm going to get myself out of this jam because it was like a dirt road out in the middle of nowhere. Luckily, I had cell phone service, so I guess I could have called AAA if I needed to. But I was like literally like looking at all the trees, branches on the ground. I was thinking about stuff I could jam underneath my wheels. I was thinking about pulling some bark off the side of the trees. I was getting all creative. That's the one thing I love about running. It makes you... Uh, I don't know, it makes you use your mind and come up with some ideas that you didn't know were inside you. So anyways, I didn't end up using any of those ideas. I ended up just uh, pulling the mats out of my car and sticking them underneath my tires. And then I had some yoga mats in the back of the car, luckily, that we used for stretching. And I put those underneath the tires as well. And after about an hour of finagling my jeep all over the place it finally got itself unstuck and i got back on the road man isn't that the best feeling in the world when you get stuck and then you get yourself unstuck and you're driving away from it you're just like ah man that feels good but anyways that's where i'm just coming from um but i'm super excited i don't know if any of you guys are running cim marathon this weekend if you are good luck hope you guys crush it out there i know uh we have three run free coaches who are running um i personally coach those coaches and uh they're all going after prs and fast times and all super fit and um i also have a run free athlete that i'm coaching who's also running uh, chasing olympic trials qualifying time and man i'm just so proud of my coaches and my athlete that I'm coaching and um you know the the training is the hard part you know when you when you work really hard and you do the kind of training that, that we design and run free um that's that's the hard part and then the race is like the fun part slicing on the cake and that's the beauty of training super hard is um you feel so amazing when you get out there because the taper really works when you train hard and if you don't train that hard and then you rest you don't really feel much different from a taper Um, but when you're training really hard and then you back down man i remember some of the the weeks leading up to like the olympic trials or boston i remember actually the day before i ran 204 for the marathon in boston i'm I'm glad sarah wasn't with me because she would have killed me if i would have known i did this and i didn't tell her until after the race i did but i was out running along the river there and i was literally like hammering like 530 pace and just like floating and feeling so good for my 30 minute easy run you know don't do that if I'm coaching you <laughs> don't do as I say not as I do but man I just felt so amazing from this taper you know so um man just good luck to you guys enjoy your races and uh to my athletes I coach proud of you guys go get them have fun out there couple of background noises i hope that you guys aren't picking up on these one is my dog mita she's sitting outside my garage door uh crying at the door because she can hear me in here talking she wants in on the action but i'm not gonna let her in this time the other thing is i'm i'm standing right above our water cistern and we collect snow and rain water so right now it kind of sounds like i'm taking a pee the whole time but i'm not it's just because my water cistern's right there and water's coming in which is a glorious sound, sound of money entering my pockets. But anyways, <laughs> I'm uh, already distracted if you can't tell. But 
I'm excited to talk to you guys about how to lean out. So let's get let's get into it. Um, I posted or posted or going to post about this on Instagram just to show you guys like I don't know the transformation that can can happen. You know, it's like uh, a little over two months ago. Uh, was it nine weeks ago? I was 186 pounds and I'm 167 now and still have about seven pounds to go. I'm guessing, um, to be able to pace there and, you know, get, get myself in about 220, 218 marathon shape, but we'll see. We'll see once I get there. I really don't know. But anyways, I, the whole reason I posted that picture just to show you guys like, I'm not this isn't just theoretical like this is actually something that's worked for me not just currently but like for the last 20 plus years of of my life when you know I've had to pay attention to my body weight and as we talked about in the last episode trying to figure out a healthy approach of how to do that but it's definitely like I said in the previous episode like weight is a factor and if you're carrying around extra weight it's definitely going to slow you down so we want to help you unload that weight if we can so in a healthy way with a healthy mindset and hopefully not get into the emotional component of it um but here is the methodology of how to actually lose the weight so let's get right into it um first of all and i kind of touched on this briefly in my last episode but we want to make sure that you cycle your diet. So this isn't a diet you're going to want to stay on for the rest of your life or for the next year or even for the next six months. Six months might be, I'd say, the upper range. Like I would never stay on a diet longer than six months where you're consistently losing weight. And even within that six-month period, you want to be cycling it. So um, you're reducing your calories, reducing your calories, and then bringing them back up, and then reducing and reducing and bringing them back up. And uh, for some of you guys, you might actually have to start your diet by increasing your caloric load. I've noticed this a lot with our run-free athletes that we're working with. A lot of them are coming in with really, really low-calorie uh, caloric loads. So I'm talking like like 1,300, 1,500 calories a day. And you know, a lot of those athletes are trying to lean out. But if you're not leaning out and you're eating that little, like there's really no place for you to go. So what I do with athletes in that situation is I actually have them increase their calories very gradually over time. So I'm talking about 100 calories per day per week. So they're, they're 100 calories extra per day for one week. And then the next week, they're 200 calories extra you know, compared to their baseline. So every week they're increasing by 100 calories per day um, until they get back up into um, a level that they're starting. And you want to be monitoring your weight. And I'm going to talk later about how to monitor your weight um, later on this episode. But um, you want to be slowly increasing your caloric load so that you're not putting on a bunch of weight. Um, You might put on a little bit of weight during that time period, but we're trying to rev up your metabolism a little bit, trying to get your leptin levels back up high. And the other way to do this is to have... I don't like calling it a cheat meal. Some people call it a cheat meal. Some people call it a cheat day. I call it a refuel day, and I have this consistently whenever I'm dieting down. And even when I was running professionally, I wouldn't call it a refuel day, but they were built into my training. So before every single long, hard threshold I would do, before every single long, hard, long run I would do, the day before would be a really high-carb day. My caloric load would go way up. So in, in essence, it was a refuel day and I was fueling myself for the workout that was to come the next day and then the next day I'd surround that workout with 
uh, calories and with carbs. And then for the remainder of the day, I'd reduce the amount of calories I was taking. So, you know, I was trying to recover from that workout by surrounding the workout with calories and carbs and then trying to be in a caloric deficit for the day as a net total. Um, and then the next day as easy run would also be a little bit of a deficit of calories. So that's kind of how I approached caloric, uh, not shuffling, caloric cycling uh, when I was running professionally and how I'd recommend for you guys to do that as well as you are on your own diets. So the kind of diet when I'm, I'm going to talk specifically about like, well, what does the actual diet look like? So I don't know if like I've coined this or if I've, I've never heard anyone else talk about it, but I'm sure someone else has, but I call it like the high volume or um, high water weight diet. And so, man, when I was running professionally, I ate a ton of oatmeal. And the reason why is because I would make it like super watery and I could eat 300 calories, which is about 80 grams of oatmeal with a whole bunch of water in it. And it would be a giant bowl of oatmeal and it'd weigh like over a pound and it'd be 300 calories. Compare that to, you know, like a protein bar goes down super easy. You're like not even full afterwards. You're hungry like 20 minutes later, not feeling at all. Um, and it's the same amount of calories as that giant bowl of oatmeal that's going to keep me satiated for the next three hours. So, so the diet plan is just to find foods that hold a lot of water weight that are heavy, that's going to make your gut feel full. It's going to leave you satiated. It's going to take longer to get absorbed into your system. It's gonna, and they are healthy um, carbohydrates, healthy food options, but they're really satiating food options. And for me, that was huge. Cause I don't know about you guys, but when I get like ravenous, starving, hungry, like my level of being able to control my appetite and what I put in my mouth just diminishes greatly with depending on how hungry I am, you know? So really for myself, a big name of the game thing is how do I keep myself full while not eating like an insane amount of calories? And so what are the foods that allow me to feel satiated? So um, when we talk about the actual procedure, what I would recommend is lots of small meals. That's uh, point number one I want to make. So um, I would eat when I was running professionally and even now in, in this, this current weight loss phase that I'm in, I eat six times a day and I don't, I don't miss snacks. Like if I know I'm going to be out at a run or I'm driving to Phoenix or I'm traveling, like I pack snacks. Like, and it, it's not a hard thing to do. Once you know what snacks you're gonna have, you, you just pack them and you make sure you always have those things with you. So a lot of this is preparation and not allowing yourself to get into a spot where you're just scrambling for food and you're starving and you're hangry and <laughs> your world is like collapsing in front of you. Like you want to be prepared at all times when you're in this weight loss phase because you're, you're gonna get hungry out there and you're gonna wanna make sure that you have food with you. So lots of small meals. Another thing with small meals is, you know, your body can only store and absorb so much food at one time. So rather than, you know, and I'll talk about about this later like different kinds of diets that I've personally done um, but I wasn't a huge fan of one of them um, was the 
intermittent fasting. I did that before and I definitely lost some weight on that and it was interesting to experiment but my, I found my performance athletically went down significantly compared to the diet that I'm now describing to you guys which is lots of small meals and then that way you're kind of fueling yourself throughout the day. Your body's absorbing everything you're putting into it rather than like starving yourself for long periods of time then giving yourself this huge meal and your body can't absorb everything so it spills over into fat we don't we obviously want to avoid that as much as possible the other thing that's really important is protein intake especially for athletes um you know we want to be having that come into our body every three hours or so at least 20 grams of protein every three hours is what i'd shoot for as a pro athlete i would get more than that but you know you got to adjust for how big and how active you are um now on my current diet i'm trying to get 30 to 40 grams of protein every three hours and that's a minimum and and protein is one of those macros where we store carbohydrate in our liver um in a, as glycogen in our muscles we store fat as body fat but we don't store protein so we need to be taking in protein every three hours and that's not only going to help you lose weight feel satiated but it's also going to help you recover well from your workouts and your runs um so other so when i'm talking about like what actual foods now do you eat in those small meals so i mentioned oatmeal that's a huge one for me um and i'll eat oatmeal like and so for a snack for example yesterday i did an easy run with jimmy and i brought with me a, a big old uh, hot cup like one of those like 40 ounce ones you know and i put 80 grams of of uh oat oat bran in there actually not even oatmeal oat bran and then I put in, filled it up with water, and then I added like 100 calories of non-fat Greek yogurt, which is another 20 grams of protein. So between the oatmeal and the yogurt, I'm getting roughly 30 grams, I think it's like 32 grams of protein. Getting some carbs in there as well, no fat. There's a little bit of fat in the oats, but not, not a lot of fat. So perfect for pro post kind of easy run meal. And, uh, and I brought that with me in a hot cup, and it was a lot of food, it was heavy. Got back from my run, was hungry, I ate that right away, and then I went on and ran some errands for the rest of the day until you know lunchtime and then had my lunch. So that can be an example of like a snack that you might wanna have that's really easy. And that's like a 400 calorie snack. When I was running professionally, I would usually just have the oatmeal and not add the extra protein to that. But that's something I might have done differently now knowing what I know about nutrition and protein. I would have probably added in. All right, so other uh, foods that kind of fit into this category of being heavy, high volume, nutrient dense foods, oatmeal I mentioned, oat bran, uh, beans, another good option, sweet potatoes, a really good option, squash, um, so like that's what I had for dinner last night, I had a big bowl of soup, which again, it's heavy, lots of water, broth, um, and then with that, I had squash, butternut squash. Um, you can also have, like I said, sweet potatoes. You can have um, spaghetti squash, all different kinds of squash. Super heavy, not a lot of calories in it. It's going to fill up your stomach, make you feel full. And then they're healthy carbs too. It's not just like filler food. It's like there's, there's a lot of nutrients in there as well, which is really helpful for recovery and for training hard. So um, – those are those are great options and then obviously veggies you know um things like uh, cauliflower broccoli um cabbage those are all things that we just eat a ton of um as as those kind of nutrient dense high volume foods so those are kind of some of my ideas some of my staples of things i eat a ton of when i'm in a weight loss phase 
Um, with that said, I don't have these foods before hard workouts. So before hard workouts, I have my muscle milk pancake. Like I've, it's funny. I've gone back to that since I got back into running, which you can find the, the, re the recipe for that online. If you just search like Ryan Hall, cocoa, muscle milk pancake, there'll be a couple different sites to come up with recipes. So that's why I eat every morning before my workouts. And that's a little bit lower fiber. So you don't want to have like a super high fiber, really feeling, you know, your stomach is all full of food feeling right before you run, obviously, you know, so that might be a good time to eat things like, like pancakes, for example, which are still filling, still satiating, but aren't necessarily going to weigh you down unless you eat like a whole bunch of them and you smother it with butter and syrup. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about like healthy pancakes with no sugar, no, no maple syrup, uh, maybe a little bit of butter, but you know, uh, healthy, healthy pancakes is kind of what I'm talking about. Um, and then obviously post-workout too, that's another time when you don't necessarily, like I said yesterday in my example, like it's okay to have oatmeal after say an easy run, um, when you're going to have a snack anyways, it's a good time to have that snack. But after a hard workout is a good time to eat a more simple carb. So that might be a time when, you know, I have like Cheerios, for example, with a muscle milk protein or, um, what other things like I've talked about candy and whey protein before, which I isn't super satiating. So I actually might kind of cheat on this a little bit and after a hard workout, I might even just go back to that oatmeal and Greek yogurt kind of snack because just because I want to feel satiated and full. I'm trying to think after my last workout, I think I just had like one and a half muscle milk bars afterwards, came home, then had lunch, and then did uh, my weight session after that and I was fine on that. So you can kind of play with that a little bit, um, but you definitely even you know after a hard workout you want to feel full you want to feel like you're filling up your gut afterwards and then uh the other uh, okay so the next point i want to make is just and again i kind of touched on this briefly already but you're eating for tomorrow's workout today so this is super important when you're trying to diet down and trying to lose weight is like for myself, like I, my training is, and you guys know this from having heard me talk about my training on this podcast recently, it's so like bipolar and it continues to be as I'm losing weight, um, where my workouts, like, like, I'm like, I don't even recognize myself on my workouts. I'll be warming up and I'm like, Whoa, like my legs feel good. I feel bouncy. I feel energetic. Like who is this person? Because yesterday I could barely finish an hour run. Like literally this was my story before my last workout. I did some mile reps with Jimmy and, uh, and the day before I couldn't finish an hour run. Like I got to 52 minutes. Sarah was like dragging me along the whole time. And I was like, I am done. Like, so I just stopped at 52 minutes, couldn't even finish the workout, but I was, I started eating a lot that day. I was using that as a refuel day because I knew I was going to do eight by a mile the following day. So then the following day, because I refueled the day before, um, I felt amazing. My mile reps I was running like five twenties up here for, for my mile repeats for the last four of them. Anyways, the first four were uh, a little bit more chill, but, um, felt amazing, you know, and, that would not have happened if I wouldn't have refueled. So you want to protect your workouts when you're dieting down. Like I'm okay feeling like trash on my easy days, but if I'm feeling like trash on my easy days, 
and my workouts are going bad, like I'm in a bad spot. Like I'm not going to be able to stay on the diet. Um, I'm going to be really discouraged. I'm not going to be seeing progress in my training. And here's the thing that's kind of fun about running compared to weightlifting is when you're dieting down and running, you can actually be losing weight and getting faster, which is what would happen for me when I was running professionally. Like I was telling you guys, I'd start out right around 150 pounds. And over the six month period, I'd get down to about 137 pounds. And I I'd be getting faster and faster and faster and yes I was getting fitter but I was also you know slowly losing weight as well whereas in weightlifting if you're losing weight it's very very I've never gotten stronger when I'm losing weight like currently like I've lost strength I haven't lost as much as in previous diets but I've definitely lost some strength so um, that's kind of a fun thing about running but that can only happen if you protect your workouts so if you know you got a big workout coming out Sometimes it's not even you need a whole refuel day, but maybe it, like I talked about in the podcast before one of my other workouts, like I just had a really good big snack then before bed, before my workout was going to be the following day and I had a really nice snack before bed and that was enough to like have me feel a lot better on that workout. So you can kind of play with that a little bit, but I would just encourage you like eat today for tomorrow's workout and protect that workout and then like i was mentioning like then in the actual workout make sure you eat well before make sure you eat well after and then if you want to be in a caloric deficit and eat a little bit less for the rest of the day so that you're in that deficit and you do lose a little bit of weight that's totally fine go ahead and do that um but protect your workouts um all right, next thing I want to talk about, let's talk about macros that you should be shooting for. So I talked a little bit about the foods you should be eating and looking for foods that are high volume, heavy foods. And uh, one thing that'll be kind of fun that I maybe I'll do, just had this idea is maybe I'll post some of my, my meals and snacks that I'm eating and, uh, and I'll show you guys, give you pictures, just ideas of things that I'm eating, things that are working for me. And also maybe I'll weigh them and so you can get a sense of like, this meal is 400 calories, 500 calories, 600, whatever, and it weighs like two pounds. Like if you eat a two-pound meal, like you're feeling good walking away from that meal. You're not feeling like you're lacking anything, you know? So I'll, I'll post some pictures on my Instagram account, Ryan Hall 3 if you want to follow along so you can get some ideas for yourself. Um, but yeah, let's talk about macros. So this is – a lot of this depends on what your goals are. So like for myself right now, I'm trying to lean out but I'm also trying to keep as much muscle as possible, um, which I am losing some muscle. But I'm trying to maintain as much as I can. So my, my – protein intake is obviously higher um, higher than what I'd recommend for someone who's just focused on leaning out for running so like I said like mine is you know 30 to 40 grams three times I mean sorry six times a day if if you're a runner I'd say you know somewhere in that 20 gram range is probably enough protein you know you don't got to crush the protein but if you want to hang on to some muscle then I'd say increase your protein decrease your carbs a little bit um and here's the thing too like i've played around with low carb diets um and low carb diets i man i lose a ton of strength in the weight room i i'm terrible like i can go for runs i can go for easy runs but my workouts are terrible on those things so i do not recommend a low carb diet for runners 
unless you're an ultra guy and you're trying to teach your body to burn fat. Um, but even then, I don't know, the jury's out on that one for me. I'm not like convinced of a low carb diet, even for ultra runners, but that's a little bit outside of my wheelhouse. So I won't speak definitively towards that, but I will say, you know, for marathon and under, um, keeping your protein, I mean, sorry, your carbohydrate intake high, will give you the energy you need to train well, to recover well, um, to feel decent throughout the day without feeling like death, to have some uh, mental clarity. Although I did notice when I eliminated carbs completely uh, earlier this year that I definitely felt like a mental clarity aspect. But again, my performance in the weight room, performance in running was terrible. So I would not recommend a low-carb diet. I'm not a fan of of that at all. So um, keep your carbohydrate intake fairly high and then kind of split the rest. So when I say fairly high, I mean like 50, even maybe 60% and then keep your protein at 20% and your fat at 20%. And so when I think about macros, I think about like carbohydrates as being like my energy source. So if I wanna feel good in training, I gotta have like my carbohydrate intake somewhat high. Um, when I think about protein intake, I'm thinking about my muscles, I'm thinking about recovery, I'm thinking about strength. Um, anytime I've had my protein intake really, really low, that's when I get that really like weak, depleted look and feel that I was posted about on Instagram and before the last week's podcast. So you you do want to pay attention to your protein intake. And like I said, make sure you're getting that in every three hours or so. Um, and then when I think about fat, I think about that as being really important for hormones for guys and girls. And so I try to get in a little bit of fat right before bed. Um, that's a good time to, to kind of get in that fat. I try to get that in actually before bed and also in the morning just to try to keep my hormones in as best of a place as I can keep them. With that said, you know, I talked about in the last episode about how every time I was had my testosterone measured as a pro runner is clinically low. So there is a little bit of a price you pay for being as lean as I was when I was running professionally, as lean as most pro runners are. And you talk about getting down into that four or five percent range for for guys and uh and you start to take a hormonal hit and there's there's not a lot of ways around that there's no way around it that i know of besides you know things that are um, outside of what's legal for professional athletes so um and that's why again the that's where cycling your diet it becomes so so important like you can't stay at least i couldn't stay at four percent the entire year without completely crashing at some point and i i really think that was like a hormonal crash that was happening so you want to come out of that after your last big race and i'll talk about that here in a little bit um so my next point uh was refuel day or meal kind of already talked about that but so so important like and also too like it just allows you knowing you have this refuel day coming or this refuel meal coming it, it allows you to really focus in on doing a great job of when you are trying to lose the weight so you know that refuel time is coming you can look forward to that you can enjoy it when it gets there and and then you know go back on your diet after that so just it's a really helpful kind of mental tactic for myself um, the other, the thing that can become super tricky when I'm dieting down is my sleep. And this is a tough one. And to be honest, 
one that I don't have a great answer for. So I've tried a lot of different kind of like natural sleep products and stuff. I'm a little bit hesitant with melatonin just because I've heard that that can affect your testosterone levels and I try to keep that, protect that as much as I can. So I haven't done a lot of melatonin. You might want to look into that more. I haven't done like a huge amount of research on that. Um, so I could be wrong there, but at least look into that if that's something that you use. But sleep is really tricky. Um for me when I'm losing weight, like oftentimes I'm waking up in the middle of the night and I'm hungry. And that's usually when I know I'm actually losing weight. If I'm not like waking up hungry, then I know I'm probably not in a caloric deficit. So I don't really like count my calories throughout the day. Um, I do have a general idea of about how many calories are in every kind of meal and snack. Like I can kind of ballpark it. Um, and then I just adjust it based on what I'm putting into my meals and my snacks. So that's how I know if I'm eating more or less. And, uh, and I know, you know, if I'm waking up hungry in the middle of the night, I know I'm kind of losing weight. Um, but that's also a really important time to recover. So what I would do when I was running professionally is I would get up in the middle of the night and I'd have, I think I'd usually have like Cheerios or some kind of healthy like low sugar cereal and I'd add a scoop of muscle milk protein to it and that would just help me go back to sleep right away. It's also actually a great time to eat um, because your body is restoring itself. It restores itself the most when you're asleep. So really great time to eat something. So you could do that. Um, it's just, if you do that, then it increases your caloric load. So you kind of have to account for that somewhere. Um, but I could, I could get away with doing that just because my activity level was so high already. And I was putting in so many miles that if I ate a little bit in the middle of the night, it wasn't going to keep me from losing weight. So just something to pay attention to there. Um, other things I've tried that have worked a little bit, just having a little bit of a beefier, uh, snack right before bed, something a little bit more higher carb um, would kind of help me sleep through the night and make it through the night without waking up hungry. So you can kind of play with uh, what that last snack is before bed. Uh, one that I like to have is just oat bran cereal, again with lots of water, and I put in some Greek yogurt. Greek yogurt and oatmeal is actually really good if you haven't tried it, by the way. It sounds kind of weird, I know, but it's good. I, I just have that, a little bit of vanilla extract, some stevia, salt, and it's it's good. It's money. So that's, that's kind of my go-to thing that helps me get through the night for the most part. Sometimes I'm waking up in the middle of the night hungry and just kind of trying to fight it off the urge to get up and get a snack. Um, and that kind of leads to my next point. You know, you're, you are going to get hungry at times. And I think one thing that's important when trying to diet down is just not expecting to never be hungry. I know for myself, like, like I just, I get hungry and I have moments, especially like right before meals where, you know, it's five o'clock and I notice my energy is getting a little bit low. My patience is getting a little bit low with the kiddos and I'm kind of hurting a little bit, you know, and that, that kind of just comes with the territory. And again, like it's helpful if you know, okay, like this is something I'm currently experiencing, but I'm going to feel better when I get a meal on board, you know, in an hour from now, I'm going to feel better when I have my refuel day and my refuel meal. And then I know that, you know, I'm not going to be dieting for the next year or the next two years. Like I'm going to have some time period where I take at least a week, two weeks, maybe a month even where I just go back to maintenance mode and I give my body exactly what it's craving crave healthy cravings you know and i'm eating enough food i'm not in this uh, deprived state anymore so really important i think for myself just mentally to just 
know that, hey, being hungry is kind of a part of the price that you pay to lose those few extra pounds. But you don't want to be hungry. I don't, I don't allow myself to be hungry going into workouts. Like if I'm hungry going into workouts, I know like I'm going to have some energy problems out there. So I want to make sure I'm fueling myself really well before the workout, right after the workout. I'll even pull my meals a little bit closer to my workout when I'm in a weight loss phase because then that helps me um, have better energy in my workout. So, you know, if I'm, say, eating a maintenance amount of calories for myself and just maintaining my weight i could eat my last meal two or three hours before my workout and my energy is good you know whereas if i'm dieting down and i'm losing weight losing a pound a week losing two pounds a week then i need to be eating and i need to run within an hour and a half of having eaten because i know like um, my energy is kind of ticking and i need to get it in while i still have energy in my system so that's something you might also want to consider just eating a little bit sooner to your workout again just make sure it's a simple carbohydrate simple food easy to digest it's going to sit well in your stomach uh, something that i have played with it does work well and uh, you see a lot of actually like they do this a lot in africa and they don't do it intentionally to lose weight but it's fasted cardio uh, or fasted running in in our case I've done this pretty successfully and I think it really works like you go to bed you get up maybe have some coffee go out the door and go for a run so I don't like doing fasted cardio if I'm doing a hard workout and I would not recommend it before hard workouts but like I said in Africa they actually do do that they eat a really giant meal like pretty late at night uh, as their dinner and then they get up super early in the morning roll out of bed and go do their workout so I mean, you could play with that if you want to, but I haven't had great success with that. So I don't, I just, if I am going to do fasted cardio, I do it on easy days. Um, I haven't been doing that this, this uh, weight loss phase that I've been in recently, just because I've been feeling so terrible on my easy runs anyways, that I couldn't imagine having less energy than I already have on my easy days. So I haven't been doing fasted cardio, but something, something to consider, something you can play with. Uh, all right. So let's talk a little bit about when you should come to your race weight. So typically I would want to be at my race weight two weeks prior to the race. And so for you guys who are listening, if you're running CIM on Sunday, do not try to lose weight this week. Not a good idea. (laughs) Um, I, I'd never lost weight during race week. You want to you want to go to the starting line fully saturated. I'd actually stop weighing myself on marathon week because I know like especially the last 2 days before the race I'm carb loading, so you're going to retain more water cuz glucose holds water in your muscles. So you're going to weigh depending on your size, a pound, two pounds, maybe even three pounds more. So don't give yourself a mental complex by stepping on the scale on race week. Just stay off the scale because you want to go to the starting line fully fueled. And if that means you're a couple pounds heavier because you have more glucose in your muscles to burn for the race, then so be it. It's worth the trade. So um, that just my tip for race week. And when you should come to race weight is about two weeks before. Um, let's see my next point. Uh, if you're traveling, how to travel and like stay on your diet when you're trying to lose weight. Cause this can be a tricky one. I kind of mentioned the sweet potatoes, wrapping those up. Um, other things that I like to pack and take with me is I'll make pancakes and I've talked a lot about pancakes before, but like, like I'll take that 80 grams 
or it's it's roughly it's like three quarters of a cup of oatmeal put that in my blender put um, 100 calories of egg white powder which is 20 grams of protein um, I put that in there with it baking powder uh, vanilla extract stevia and you know if I want to put like lemon juice in it or cinnamon or if I want to do pumpkin pie or pumpkin pie spice whatever I'll add that in there add a bunch of water to it and I'll make them like really thin so they're kind of like crepe like again it's more water whenever using more water it's gonna be a heavier food so I'll have like a pretty big stack of pancakes for 400 calories 30 grams of protein and it's really easy to travel with that so I'll also make a whole bunch of pancakes take them with me um, then you know other than that is like just making sure you're eating out at restaurants and you are choosing the food foods like I love like my kind of go-to restaurants or like Chipotle because you can go there you can get a nice bowl with you know brown rice black beans some chicken whatever and you kind of know what you're getting there and it's kind of standardized so I I hit Chipotle a lot hit Starbucks a lot get um you know the turkey egg white uh sandwich or whatever and the spinach feta wrap and you know how many calories you're getting you know how much protein you're getting so those are just kind of like they're everywhere you can find it and and you know what you're getting because oftentimes when you're eating out like the goal of most restaurants is to make the food taste as good as possible not to make it as healthy as possible so you got to choose restaurants that are everywhere that are easy to find that have healthy options for you so just a little tip on traveling eating out but as much as possible I'd say try to pack food to take with you when you're when you're on the road or at least I like to pack food on the way out that way you know it's one less day where I'm eating out on the road um, but the good thing is too like when you're traveling like I can find eggs um, you know in airports at the kiosks and stuff like that you know like they have eggs in packs they have Greek yogurt sometimes so you can kind of find stuff no matter where you're at and you just got to kind of get get creative at times. All right, so let's see. I'll talk. I'm almost done here, guys. Um, I just want to hit a little bit on like different things, different diets I've tried and kind of results I've had with them. So I don't know if you guys have tried this four-hour body diet, but it's uh, basically, you know, it's Tim Ferriss and his idea was uh, to instead of eating carbs to eat black beans or you might have just said any beans in general so it's like a slow carb diet is basically his kind of premise for that one and that one i think is a really solid really um can be effective diet for runners i would i would say you gotta be a little bit careful again i I would more like protect your workouts and make sure you're having enough carbohydrate intake on that diet so that you feel good within your running if you're not running like you can and you're not concerned with performance you can really get away with a lot less carbs and be fine like if i'm just going out and running 30 minutes or even an hour a day and just running easy all the time i'm fine but if i'm doing hard workouts hard thresholds long runs stuff like that that's when like you gotta you gotta protect those workouts you got to get some carbs on board and I would say a four-hour body type diet where you're only having beans as your source of carbohydrate is probably going to put you too low on the carb um, macro so that's my take on that one Uh, I talked about my peanut butter and jelly diet from uh, college that one definitely doesn't work don't do that it's stupid (laughs) my next one oh keto so I tried keto when I was running professionally felt terrible well here's the thing like 
I felt like I could run forever at like a medium pace, right? Like, like for me that, so say like a minute per mile slower than marathon pace. Like I could run that pace fine and feel good and run for a long time. No problems. Right. But if I tried to start running marathon goal pace or anything where my heart rate was being elevated, uh, my performance was just terrible. And, and the faster I try and run, um, track intervals would be really, really bad. Basically, the higher the intensity, the worse the performance for me on the keto diet. So definitely, I don't, I'm not a huge fan of that one for runners who are interested in running fast and, and performing at a high, um, high uh, what's the word I'm looking for? High output, high energy level, high elevated heart rate level um fasting that's another one that i've done i don't know if i talked to you guys about this but made some mistakes with this one <laughs> for sure like i think fasting can definitely be a healthy practice um i i think fasting combined with training is is really detrimental to the body and so when i fasted i wasn't even training but I, I fasted leading up to the my training for the 2012 Olympic Games. And so then I started out my training light, lean, and really depleted. And training went fine when I started out, but it wasn't sustainable for the long term. And by long term, I mean like the next six months. So my next marathon you know, at the Olympics my training did not go well at all because I started out in a really depleted state. So you want to make sure after your last, your your big goal race and you're taking your time off, you want to make sure you, you refuel during that time off and you recharge your body and you're going into training like maybe a little bit heavy, a couple pounds heavier, and but your hormones are back in a good place and you're strong and you're feeling good and your energy is totally back to normal and you just want to feel like really full, full of life, like really vibrant leading into your training. You don't want to feel all depleted and weak. At, before you begin your marathon training if you're in that state like you're in for a wild ride it's going to be a tough tough road so do not start out training with fasting <laughs> if you want fast um you know you can take a week off training maybe in the middle or something i don't know i don't to be honest i don't it, it the fasting and training are things that are hard to combine together um, i already talked about low carb diet intermittent fasting um I mean, the other thing is, guys, so when we talk about like dieting down, trying to lean out, um, you know, they always talk, I don't know if you guys have heard people say this, but like abs are made in the kitchen. But it's really true. Like oftentimes like people are like, oh, I want to get abs. And what, you know what's funny is like I never had abs when I was running at all, like zero abs, like not even like the faintest little line. And I'd get down to like 4% body fat and I'd have zero abs. So like you have to build abs in the kitchen. But you have to give your body something to be able to make abs. <laughs> and you, so you have to actually like, in my experience anyways, I had to give myself extra calories, extra protein, more than my body needed. So that when I was doing those heavy squats, which activates the abs like crazy. Like now I don't even train abs that often. I only do abs twice a week for like 10 sets of abs, you know, and they're always weighted exercises, but mainly it's squatting, it's deadlifting, like those are the things that really nail your abs hard, but your abs aren't going to come out unless you, number one, you build them, so you give your body enough to actually make some muscle, 
And then after that, you got to lose the excess fat that you put on while you're building the muscle, you know? So for me to now, you know, be at 167 pounds, be fairly lean, you know, I wouldn't say I'm like super lean. Um, but for me to do that, I had to like get a little bit soft, like, and by a little bit, I mean like pretty soft, you know, Sarah would say I was super soft. And, but that's part of the cost of building muscle and then to actually see the abs come out that's when I had to diet down and so really like it's a abs are a thing of leanness it's like you you can't I've never seen a fat person with abs well I don't know actually I say that and then I think about some power lifters and some of those guys are pretty soft and you can still see their abs coming through but again like those guys are squatting like crazy deadlifting like crazy like have you know if they leaned out they their abs would be like through the roof so you know, I think abs are definitely a thing of of leanness, but you can't, my, my point in this is that you can't out-train a bad diet. So if you're trying to get super yanked up, really lean, and your diet is just junk, like it's not going to happen. So, you know, diet is, is obviously, you've probably heard people say this, but it's more important than the actual training in terms of like getting lean. So you gotta you gotta pay attention to it. You gotta be monitoring it. You gotta be smart with it. Um, and then, kind of lastly, guys, with this is just like how to monitor your weight. So scales can be a tricky thing. So Sarah and I we have this scale where it measures like your body fat percentage, like through your feet. Like, well, it uses like a whole like like thing of how tall you are, an equation, how tall you are, how much you weigh, and I don't know what else goes into the equation. And then supposedly it like shoots like electrodes through your feet or something. I don't even know how this thing works. But like right now it says my body fat's like 20%. And you know, like I said, I if I had to guesstimate, I'd say I'm around like nine or 10 or eight, somewhere right in there percent right now. And, uh, you know, I'd say I'm double that. So you can't, you can't listen to the scale. Um, when I was running professionally, I'd always get DEXA scans. That's, that's the go-to, like that's the best, most accurate way you can measure body fat percentage. Um, but really, I think, to be honest, I think the best way is just to monitor it by like how you're looking and more importantly, how you're feeling in your training. Um, you know, when we try to find the race weight that, or when I tried to find the race weight I was best at, I'd look at results, I'd look at my workouts, I'd look at race results, and that's how I choose, you know, what my body weight sh should be at. And as I've talked to you guys about before, it's easy for me now to look back at it and be like, oh, well, obviously when I was 137 pounds, that's that was my sweet spot because that's when I ran all my best races. That's when I was strong. I was I was lean, I was strong, and I was running fast, you know. But the only way to know for sure is to actually experiment with it, you know. So I had races that I went into when I was 140 or as 142 or as 145 or in college, I think even higher than that at times, like 148. And you go through those races and you're like, well, you know, I had a whole bunch of races that weren't that good when I was at that race weight or towards the end of my career when I got too lean and too light. It's very easy for me to look back at that now and be like, oh, I was way too lean. I was weak. I was depleted. But really, you don't know till you play with it. So I just want to encourage you guys, like, play with it. Figure out, you know, what weight, like I said before, the weight that you're the strongest at. And then when you're actually measuring your weight, like, uh, this one's a tricky one because if you step on the scale every single day, it can be a little bit of a roller, roller coaster ride because your weight will fluctuate. Like mine will fluctuate, 
two, sometimes even three pounds like on a day based on, you know, how much salt I had in my diet the day before, how much water weight I'm hanging on to, what's in my gut. And that's with me like trying to um, monitor my weight at the same time every day. So what I typically do is I get up in the morning, use the restroom and I step on the scale. And that's kind of the most accurate way to measure your weight. But even within doing it that way, you're gonna see variation. So you can't freak out if you step on the scale and it's a pound lighter or a pound heavier. Like you gotta just kind of look at it as a cloud passing in the sky where you're observing this data, but you're not like freaking out because you're a pound heavier today than you were yesterday. Um, you know, the other ways to do that would just be you know just step on every couple of days or once a week the only problem is then if you're only stepping on once a week and you hit one of those higher weight days where you have more water in your system for whatever reason then you might freak out and think your diet's not working so i kind of recommend if you are dieting down just try to get on the scale every single day at the same time and but again don't get like emotionally attached to the number that you see just like collect the data and move on with your day and be like oh today i'm like two pounds heavier no big deal you know and track track your weight and you want to see it coming down gradually over time but not necessarily it's going to come down every single day like I know for myself when I have my refuel days the next day I don't even weigh myself because I know I'm going to be a couple pounds heavier and then I'll do my big workout eat a little bit less in the afternoon and evening and then the next day I'm right back down to maybe even lighter than I've ever been before so that's kind of what I'd recommend in terms of tracking your weight um, but really I mean you don't have to step on a scale. Like like I said, the best way to track it is just to pay attention to how you're feeling, how your body's feeling, tracking results. And uh, and yeah, that was awkward ending. Again, I'm like a professional awkward ender. <laughs> um, but actually, before I sign off and let you guys go, because this has been kind of a long one, uh, real quick, just want to make a point of cl clarification for run-free training. I know I've had some people be like, so is this just like a training program for like pro runners or elite runners or like they think like we don't coach like people who aren't super fast and that is not the case so we we train everyone at every different level and uh and we're just loving being a part of your guys journey so if you're interested looking for coaching no matter what level no matter how fast you are check us out runfreetraining.com we'd love to partner with you on your journey all right guys till next time happy training